Welcome to Civil Discourse. This podcast will use government documents to illuminate the workings of the American government and offer context around the effects of government agencies in your everyday life. And now your hosts, Nia Rogers, public affairs librarian, and Dr. John Augenbaugh, political science professor. So previously, we were talking about uh, the Paperwork Reduction Act um, and um, Nia's concern that I'm going to ruin her childhood memories of Schoolhouse Rocks, I'm Just a Bill. And it's po- such a cool song. I don't this, know how you can't just love it completely, except that you're a constitutionalist and a no, no, political no, 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 science no. Hey, guy. I mean, and, you know, I, and I, you, wait a minute. I, yeah. I, I play the video <laughs> every semester in my intro to U.S. government class. Oh, good. I sing along to the lyrics. Oh, good. I, I know it that well, <laughs> right? Then Do you I, also sing the preamble? Uh, yes, I know how to sing yeah. that. And uh, <laughs> by the way, I also play the Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live version of I'm Just a Bill. It's decidedly, shall we say, oh my, less optimistic. <laughs> um, I've not, I've not heard that one. I probably shouldn't hear that because well, I want well, to, well, I want to live in the Pollyanna well, belief well, that yeah, you, that it's a civilized process. Okay, so when so we, we last we, left so, off, Jeff, we we just got ta- done talking about how uh, a Senate committee has reported out a bill positively, i.e., there was uh, a vote and the bill was approved. So then you get to the point of um, uh, the vote within the, uh, the Senate as a collective body. And uh, we were at the point where the Senate majority leader has almost unilateral discretion to decide when a bill is going to get a vote by the Senate body as a whole. But if the bill was got out of committee, if it was a yes out of committee, it's going to be voted on eventually. Sure. Right, because at mm-hmm. that point, killing it is a no-go. Yeah, because the, the, the only way you can kill it after it's been positively reported out of a Senate committee is to uh, reject it on the Senate floor. Okay. Yeah. So once it makes it out of the committee, woo we're, yeah, we're, we're we're feeling good. We're feeling good. Yes. Uh, until... Okay. Uh, until I'm sure something terrible happens. Well, I mean... But... Yeah. But for now, so the... So it... It is in the form of an, the bill for the Senate, and that's different than what happens in the House, right? So, so now it gets a, it's approved by the Senate. Let's say that the majority leader is like, oh, I don't care. Let's just bring it up now. It's fine. It doesn't hurt my agenda. It doesn't. It doesn't do hurt my party, et cetera, et cetera. I'm, I'm fine yeah. with it. Yeah. Or if it if it's from a member of their party and they really like it, maybe they're saying, This is great, let's run with this as quickly as possible. However that works. So Mitch McConnell loves my bill, loves my bill, and decides that he's gonna bring a um, floor vote. Yes. What happens? Do okay. they just do they does everybody have to be there? Uh well, the, the Senate Majority Leader can consult with the Senate Minority Leader, the leader of the minority party. Um, you know, some bills are symbolic. They're resolutions, right? So, you know. <laughs> we resolve that Augie is a spiffy, spiffy person. <laughs> yes. Um, or as my daughter uh, likes to say, Daddy, you're Trey Chic. Okay. <laughs> so let's say that there is a resolution that says that, right? Um, I, I want to see that desperately. Okay. I now need to run for office. Augie is Tracy, and and, and um, uh, I would rather die. <laughs> um, so, 
Uh, those can occur with, um, uh, you know, a, a voice vote. Okay. Um, so are those things like we resolve that uh, this month is, you know, nat- uh, National Maple Syrup Month. Okay. okay? Um, and as long as it doesn't involve trade barriers with Canada, enough, then, <laughs> right. then we can just yeah. resolve that yeah, and yeah, everything's yeah, fine. Yeah. Okay. But on your more substantive bills, um, you know, you're going to have to be on the floor. Okay, you're going to have to be there so, so that when I'm going to have to be there. Yeah, you're going to have to be there. Okay. Yeah. Am I talking about it? Am I trying to schmooze people? Well, the, the, that's the thing. Or am I angrily addressing the public? Pause, pause, pause. Okay. okay. So this is the Senate. I, mean, I, know, I need to know what earrings to wear. <laughs> okay. Before you even worry about your appearance, okay, <laughs> think about this. The Senate has historically loved to proclaim that it is the most deliberative democratic body in the world. In the Senate, when a bill comes up for a vote, um, uh, they have what's known as unlimited debate. Okay? Unlimited debate. Okay. So um, we know this by a, a, you know, a, a piece of jargon, if you will. It's known as the filibuster, right? Uh-huh. So <clears throat> let's say um, uh, your party doesn't like the bill that's up for a vote. No, no, it's my bill. Okay, but hold on, okay? <laughs> okay, fine. For whatever reason, there's a whole bunch of senators who don't like paperwork reduction. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> sigh on them, but okay. Okay. What they can do is filibuster, which means um, they just talk and talk and talk and talk. Not unlike this podcast. Yeah, kind of sort of like this podcast. <laughs> Actually, Except they might be reading recipes. They might be yes. Now, the filib- the, the the myth around the filibuster is is much grander than its actual oh, use. You can't sit down. You can't ever okay. relax. You can't. Is that really true? Well, I mean, once you get the, the let's say um, uh, the speaker recognize or not the speaker the the Senate Majority re- Leader recognizes you to. Um, you know, the junior senator from Virginia, the floor is yours. And you, <laughs> okay, you get up to speak. Now, the Senate follows Robert's rules of order, so you can continue to go ahead and speak as long as you want. And not necessarily on this topic. That's right. I can just talk about anything. You can talk about anything. So, Can I, mean, I sing? I mean, does it have to be speaking? Well, I mean, not necessarily, though. You know, I, I mean, I wouldn't sing in public, but somebody could go. I would and people say, to respect me afterwards. Yeah, but. You know, uh, but I mean, uh, what was it? Ted Cruz a few years ago, and I can't remember the bill that uh, <laughs> he didn't want the Senate to vote on. Uh, read um, uh, his kids' favorite Dr. Seuss books. Oh, right. Awesome. I think green egg, green eggs and ham were, <laughs> was one of them, right? Uh, you've had other senators um, read names out of the Washington D.C. phone book when we still had phone books. That would um, be incredibly boring. Um, uh, and so, they, are they running out time? Like, what's yeah, the because, time issue? Well, okay, because wait, the, wait. the purpose the purpose of the filibuster is the minority party wants the majority to not take the vote. They want the majority party to further negotiate about the bill. So that's uh, one of the things that a filibuster um, can force the majority party to actually negotiate to accept amendments to the bill. Now, when the bill is still in committee, the you know minority party or the party that doesn't like the bill will try to amend it before it gets voted on. But again, 
the committee chair can go ahead and say, we're not taking any amendments. And you're pretty much screwed, right? Okay. So your next opportunity to change the form of the bill is when it gets to the floor. Now, wait, I forgot to ask you something, and I think this is important. So, so when the bill comes to the floor... Who reads it? Do I read it because I'm no, the, the sponsor clerk. of the bill? No. Okay, so the clerk yeah, reads the, the bill. bill. Do they read the whole thing? Because um, holy cow, some bills are a thousand pages. I mean, some uh, bills are huge. Well, if the uh, the committee chair or the sponsor of the bill is uh, willing, an executive summary um, or the intro okay. can be read. Okay. Okay. Um, once the bill gets read by the clerk, then um, amendments can be offered. Um, and again, the Senate Majority Leader has quite a bit of discretion on whether or not particular amendments um, will be accepted, and then you got to vote on them. On the amendment before, before you vote on the full thing. That's right. So you're saying so if so if, so there's if a lot. In, so let's say that of, this one comes up for discussion. This this paper reduction act, and somebody somewhere wants, uh, I don't know, a pipeline, right in their an oil pipeline in their state. So they could bring that up. It doesn't have to be related to this bill, right? They could bring up any kind of amendment and say, I want this amendment. I want to attach this to this bill. Yeah. You see that a lot with appropriations bills. Okay. Yeah. So, and by the way, I want this thing. Yeah, because for my district. Yeah, because with appropriations bills, I mean, basically all all members of Congress want something in the (laughs) appropriations bill. Thus the derisive label pork right Right. pork bear which is there aren't there laws against that now uh there there are laws against earmarks okay okay where you specifically designate that money will be spent by the executive branch in your district or state okay so you can say i want a pipeline but you can't say i want a pipeline in in the city of richmond Richmond. yes on the other hand the House of Representatives about two weeks ago passed a public lands bill um, that was noteworthy because it got support from both Democrats and Republicans. And one of the reasons why it did is it had goodies for everybody, right? In fact, the projection is it's going to fly through the Senate and even the president is going to sign it because everybody's getting something in it, right? Um, but that's a good thing, right? Because you've compromised yeah, yes. to the point where yeah. everybody's getting so something in, they can live with, and everybody's having to live it with something they yeah, don't environmentalists like. Environmentalists are getting, you know, hundreds, thousands of acres of, of 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 federal land that will now be uh, off limits to development. But you got uh, 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 ranchers and you know sports people and. Um, and others who got who are getting land so they can you know do their activities. You got states who are getting um, uh, national monuments out of it. You know, which I mean, I mean, hey, folks, don't recognize it, but in terms of economic development, a national monument is become you know there are people who like you know spend all summer going to national monuments. Oh, that's, my dad did that when we were when we were kids. He would take us a look, kids. It's, it's the it's, 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 fill in the blank thing, and we would tourism. stop and look. Yeah, and, it's tourism, you know, and, and, and then I'm sure buy hot dogs or whatever. Yeah, you know, you spend the happens. night. Yeah, you spend mm-hmm. the night, and the next okay, but sure. okay, but that's one of the great things about the national parks too is that they draw a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Which helps to preserve them because those people help pay for the yeah the the end result, which is that you theoretically don't have people cutting down trees. I know bitterness during the shutdown, but okay. Um, so 
so we're, we're the bill's on the floor, right? Okay. Amendments can be offered. That's one of the ways you can go ahead and slow down uh, a vote on a bill, particularly if you don't like it. But let's say that can you can you put in frivolous amendments? You can try, but again, the Senate Majority Leader can go ahead and say, um, "We you won't know, consider you that." Know, that's not germane to this bill. Oh, okay. okay. Again, the the Majority Leader has a whole bunch of authority oh, here. Okay. Right. It's uh, good. It's good to be the leader. It's good to be the Senate Majority Leader and uh, and, and it's other good to be the Speaker, speaker of the, the House. House. Right. Um, okay. Uh, but then, hence why the job turnover in that is so um, controversial sometimes. Oh, sure. Because yeah. those are yeah. positions of incredible power. And in the terms of the speaker, they're third in line for the, the presidency. presidency. So the last tactic that you have as the party who may not like a proposed bill is the debate, is the filibuster, right? Now, by Senate rule, debate ends... Um, uh, with a 60-member uh, uh, a majority, okay? So, you know, um, oh. yes. Okay. So it's a, it's a super majority. So your talking majority. will only work until the Senate majority leader gets 60 people That's right. to basically tell you to shut up so they can take a vote. Yeah, so the threat of the filibuster is usually good enough because typically neither party has, six, 60. <laughs> has 60 okay. votes, right? Oh, okay. The last time... Any party had 60 votes was the Democratic Party uh, the first year of the Obama administration. But that was before Ted Kennedy died. Ted Kennedy died and then Massachusetts elected Scott Brown. So they um, had 59 votes to 41 Republican votes. So that was one of the reasons why there was a big rush in getting the Affordable Care Act approved in both the House and the Senate was that, okay, they were afraid uh, they, were they, wouldn't, lose their... they wouldn't be able to um, uh, uh, stop debate. So is that what's known as a filibuster-proof majority? That's right. Right. Okay. So yeah. it's a good thing if you can get it, but it's pretty hard to come by. It's pretty hard to come by. And these it, days, I would assume less and less yeah, because easy uh, to come by. Because otherwise, then you have to pick off, okay, some members <laughs> of, of the, the opposite the, party. Yeah, of the minority know. party, right? And, and the number of moderates in either political party who might be willing to go ahead and, you know, on a particular bill, switch side, switch sides is like shrinking. Right. It's I mean, like Susan Collins, I think, at this point um, in the Senate. It, well, that's the on the Republican side. On, on the Democratic side, it's Joe Manchin from West Virginia. Uh, and that's basically but, about it. I mean, yeah. Because I mean, uh, what's her name? Heidi Klumper from North Dakota and Joe Donnelly from Indiana, who were moderates, both lost their reelection. So, Which is a a podcast for another, for another day, day because right. I, the partisanship with which politics has taken is is extremely unfortunate yes. for getting anything done. That's it's not wrong. I think for people to believe strongly in something, I think that's great. If you want to believe strongly in something, that's wonderful. But I think when it it, it ceases to function because everybody has chosen a, a polemic that can't like, like there's no in between. Yeah, there's no compromise. There's no consensus. Right. Then what do you do? I mean, how does anything get done at that point? So I think that's probably frustrating, not just for me, but probably for a lot of people who look yeah, at the federal government and say, it's not, it's not working. And, and the reality it. is it is working because of the three million people who work for the federal government, 535 of them work for Congress. 
I mean, work work in the Congress. Congress yeah. And one of them is in the office, the, is the Oval Office. So those that tiny group of people, <laughs> relatively speaking, that are dysfunctional, are or can be dysfunctional. I shouldn't say are dysfunctional. <laughs> can be dysfunctional working together wise. I don't know what they are like personally. Um, th- that's a small minority of what the federal government does, but they drive a lot of the policy and a lot of the issues. Yeah, I mean, the way to think about one of the ways to think about this is that we have a structure that requires compromise for stuff to get done. Um, it's not a system. Uh, I mean, we have two houses of Congress. If they agree, then you have to convince the president to sign it. It's not a system created for efficiency because there's a lot of different ways that a proposed bill can be stopped. I mean, just think about part one of this podcast. Now we're in part two. In part one, a proposed bill could be, you know, could be stopped at the committee level. In part two, we're talking about Okay, let's say it does get through the Senate, right? Let's say um, uh, the minority party um, uh, gets enough uh, amendments. Uh, yeah, gets they, enough amendments. Like, okay, fine. Okay, we'll... the Senate approves the bill, but then it's got to go to the House, right? Why? Okay, because we have in our Constitution, uh, it, it's a two-step, if you will how a bill becomes a law, right? (laughs) The first step is what's known as bicameralism. Both houses of Congress have to approve. So in Schoolhouse Rock, I'm just a bill. Um, (laughs) It gets through one house, and then it has to go to the other house of Congress. Now, let's say— Which is a good thing. It's a good thing because, again— Because, again, you're talking about about that. You're making sure that the authority of the government has been vetted through this elaborate process. Okay, I mean, because, you know, some of these bills, I mean, we're using as an example for this podcast, the Paperwork Reduction Act. And many of you are like, well, that's not going to change my life at all. Okay, we could make the argument it will. (laughs) But let's just say we could make the argument it has in many ways ways that you don't even know. But but let's just think about this. If you're talking about a, a bill like the Affordable Care Act, which had the potential of reforming. Uh, one of the largest industries in the United States, in addition to affecting what some people would argue is a basic human right. We're going to want to make damn sure that before the government does all this alter alteration, if you will, that it's thought about this, right? That the people's representatives have thought about this, that the industries affected have had a chance to weigh in. Um, that the experts will go ahead and say this is a good thing or this is a bad thing, that uh, the, the, the people in regards to either the Congressional Budget Office on the legislative side or the Office of Management Budget on the executive side say, okay, this is how much money we're going to spend for this particular benefit. Okay? So in many ways, that's it's the transparency structure. transparency and yeah, responsibility so and accountability. So that's the structure. Nia, to your point, if you're going to get things done, you're going to have to compromise. And that's where I think for many of us, the hyperpartisanship now, where the people in the Congress don't seem to like each other. I mean, they're, it's more than just they have different policy preferences or different principles. 
they just don't even seem to like each other. I mean, they, just, they, don't, they don't even want to compromise. They don't even want to work together. Okay, so the Senate passes the bill. Then it, then it goes to the House, right? right? Now, the House may have also been considering a paperwork reduction bill. Are they commonly introduced in, like, yeah. in House and Senate, meaning somebody from the Senate? Like I would go over to a House person from Virginia, uh, a congressperson from Virginia, and say, hey, could you get this ball rolling in your yeah, because in, the thought the process. Yeah, the thought process is, if we fail in one house, if it gets approved in the other, we've increased the likelihood that we might get legislation. Oh, okay. 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 So um, hedging your bets. Yeah, you hedge your bets. Okay. Right. Um, let's say the house goes through its process, which in very is in some ways very similar to the Senate. Um, you know. Let's say uh, I am a representative from Virginia. Nia, as the junior senator from Virginia, you say to me, hey, would you co-sponsor this bill? We'll get it introduced in the Senate. Augie, you get it introduced in the House. I do this. Uh, The clerk of the House gives it a number. Uh, The Rules Committee in the House of Representatives decides which committee will deliberate on and report on this paperwork reduction bill. The not rules the speaker. Com- not the speaker. But let's be very clear. The members of the rule c- rules committee are picked by the speaker. And if you crossed <laughs> the speaker, you would not. Yeah. You you would be sad. Yeah, right. You would be sad very quickly. Quickly, right. Okay. okay. Um, the committee in the House does what we described in the first part of this podcast. They either table or don't table. They, table, they research they, it. They have hearings. Okay, and, and then they voted out of out of the committee. Let's okay. say it gets voted out of the committee on a yes. Yes. Okay, but the version is somewhat different, and the it's house only kind of reduction. reduction. It's, like, yes. it's a fifty percent reduction, reduction as opposed to the, the, the Senate version, which was hundred percent. Say, reduction. Like, yeah, let's just stop printing reports, <laughs> <laughs> right? So no more reports ever. Yeah, okay. No more paperwork <laughs> ever. ever. Right. You just pay me some money and I give you some stuff. So the House approves this version, which is slightly different than the Senate version. Well, with the hypothetical we described. It's radically different, different, but but they're probably not usually written quite that far apart. apart, Okay. Okay. At that point, um, to iron out the differences, uh, the United States Congress creates what's known as a conference committee. Um, you will have uh, representation from the House, both the majority and the minority party. Do the majority and minority leaders pick? Pick. Okay, so Nancy Pelosi would pick for the Democrats, but but the minority leader in the House would pick for which? Yeah, what's his I name? Uh, Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy. Yes, would pick his however many people he wants to send. Do they send equal numbers? Uh, no, the majority party always sends more. Oh, really? <laughs> that's that, that's I, I, it's good to be in the majority, as I, we I, are finding I, out. I, I tell students this all the time. <laughs> if you want to know why you should pay, you know, if you're really interested in partisan politics, if you want, if you want to know why you should, you know, stay up late and, you know, pay attention to, you know, some house. Uh, 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 or Senate election in like California, Arizona, after we've all gone to bed, <laughs> or New Mexico, it's because it might help determine whether or not your party's in the majority in either House of Congress. 
They're like, do you actually stay up for that stuff? I said, of course I do, right? Because <laughs> You po- and Steve Kornacki. <laughs> you're, right. you're the only you're, people. You're, you've got a wall. He's got, got a wall. wall you're yeah. both counting. Yeah, you know, he's out on his whiteboard, and there I am with, you know, with my legal pad. I'm like, okay, <laughs> this is where we're at, right? So you create this conference committee, and they try to iron out the differences. And let's suppose that they do iron out the differences. Then the do they have an option of not ironing out the difference? Yes. Can they just say yes? We can't come to agreement. That's it. We're done. Like yep. a hung jury, sort yep. of. They'd be yep. like, no, no, yep. it's yep. not happening. Yep, and, g- and then it dies there. It dies right there. Oh, yes. After all well, that, that work, all yes. my hope, yes, crushed. Yes. Okay. Well, it gets even worse. <laughs> oh, do tell. <laughs> okay, so let's say they iron out the differences. So the uh, revised bill then gets sent back to both houses of Congress which have to approve it again. <gasps> no. <laughs> yes. No, I can't go through this again. <laughs> okay. How do these people manage to not like, like have a heart attack every other day? L- lose hope. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, how do they manage not to do that? Yeah, become substance Goodness. abusers. Yeah, yes. no yeah. wonder. Yeah. I mean, no yeah. wonder there's such stress to work yes. in Congress in some ways because okay. I, I thought we were free and clear and, and now, now yeah. we have to bring this back. And so I assume that it goes through the same process, meaning it could be tabled again. It could be. No, no, or no. Or does no, it go no, to a straight it, floor it, vote? It just goes straight to the floor vote. So yes. now you, but you still have to get everybody to re-vote again. Yes. With a majority in both, in both, both houses. houses. And again, where it's going to take longer is the Senate simply because the Senate has the potential of the filibuster, Right. I mean, unlike the House, where the, the Speaker of the House can go ahead and say, we're only spending an afternoon debating this in the Senate, the Senate Majority Leader could hope, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it could stretch on for weeks. Really? Okay. Yes. So, yeah. and he he or she cannot bring that to a a swift end. And well, they, with the, I mean, they can with a 60 well, you know, or they, with a majority, they, they can but vote beyond for, a majority, they, they can vote for clo- It's called cloture. Okay, it's a cloture vote, closing vote. Okay, oh. we're, we're closing debate, right? So they can say, "We want a cloture vote. We want to stop talking about this." And the people who don't want to stop talking about this, vote if there's sufficient numbers, yes, can keep you from some, yes. not talking about this. Yes, anymore. It, yep. Wow, that was yep. a whole bunch of double negatives, but I think people know what I mean. Okay, so but let's just say hypothetically. <laughs> Both the House and the Senate now approved. Wait, I have a question about cloture. Do you have to vote for cloture every time? Like, do you have to, or only when there's a filibuster? Well, I mean, if do you, you know what I mean, like, I mean, no, I mean, if you want to end debate on a proposed, no matter what, like, even if you're just, even if it's not really filibuster, but people are just talking it to death, and you're just tired of it. Yeah, you, you, you can call for that. Yeah, you call the can vote. Can any member of the Senate call for that, or does sure. it have to be the no. really? So yeah. any so the junior senator from Virginia, yeah. who's pretty darn annoyed at having to go through this again. Yes. As soon as somebody stands up and starts going wah 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 wah, can I interrupt them, or do I have to wait for them to finish? No, you can interrupt them because according to Robert's rules, okay, once you had a first reading and a second reading, okay, and by the way, the first reading is perfunctory. You know, you just. A, okay. A bill to do some stuff. Yes. Go. Okay. <laughs> this has all been sent to your chambers. Did you read it? We assumed you have. That's the first reading. <laughs> now we're at the second reading. Okay. And according to Robert's rules, once you're at the second reading, now again, if you want to have the reputation of not playing well with others in the sandbox, you call the vote while you know somebody's talking, 
right? <laughs> I mean, think about the meetings you've been been at, you know, uh, on this oh, campus. That's true. Okay. Are you done yet? Oh my goodness, <laughs> that would be the end of that. Yeah, yeah right? that, that would mean me not being on any more committees. Yeah. Or well, I mean, perhaps not being employed, employed anymore. anymore. Right. Okay. Um, I don't know how many faculty meetings where I've been like, do I call the vote? Man, they already <laughs> hate me. Um, <laughs> so, um, but. Let's just assume you get the votes and they're positive. Okay. okay. Both the House and the Senate have approved Woo! I have a bill. Okay. You have a bill. I'm done. I have okay. a bill. I have a law. Now, the part where- uh, Except not. Uh, well, it, it goes to the president. And, and the Schoolhouse Rock video is actually pretty accurate in this regard. It goes to the president. Basically, the president has- um, uh, a, a, a number of choices. We we think that the president only really has two choices. Right? Sign or veto. Sign or veto. Mm. There's a <laughs> thing called a pocket veto. Ah! And it's basically... No! Okay. You cannot put this in your pocket. Okay. <laughs> basically, if Congress passes a bill uh, within the last 10 days of a session, and by the way, Congress, like college students like college professors, <laughs> oftentimes wait wait until the last moment to <laughs> do stuff, right? Oh, hey, this is due tomorrow. I should get started. <laughs> right? But if Congress passes a bill within the last 10 days of congressional session, the president can just sit on it, and by doing nothing, the bill is vetoed. It's called a pocket veto. It's as though the president stuck the bill in his pocket and Walk, then went to play golf. Went to play golf. Because a lot of presidents it's, do that, apparently. Yes, they do. That golf is their sport. <laughs> it seems to be a presidential sport. I don't know what that's about. Who's the last president? What was it? Reagan didn't play a lot of golf. Carter didn't play uh, golf. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Carter didn't, like, really. Well, really and President Ford was a football player, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, he likes to like, yeah well, he liked to play golf. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, actually, he uh, always participated in, it used to be known as the... Uh, Bob Hope uh, ah. Celebrity Pro-Am mm -hmm. uh, Tournament in California. Uh, and Ford was uh, known to occasionally hit wayward shots. Of course, <laughs> President Ford also sometimes would fall down steps. Um, but nevertheless, um, yeah, Reagan was probably the... Although uh, he wasn't as bad as Chevy Chase makes him out to be. That's correct. I mean, okay. come on. Yeah. Saturday Night Live did run a little bit hardcore Core, Yeah, that. right. Um Reagan didn't play golf. Reagan liked to go to his uh, uh, ranch out in California and chop wood and stuff. Okay. Ah. Um, oh, and President Bush. Oh, um, oh, both of the Bushes played golf. In fact, oh, really? Oh, in fact, Bush won. Uh, liked to play a round of golf in less than two hours. Wow. No, no messing around. <laughs> that's wow, that's, goodness. Yes. That is not taking the leisurely route that most oh, golfers oh, no, take. No, no. <laughs> I'm gonna just wander and sort of chill, and it's yeah. gonna be fine. I may drink a beer while I'm playing. Oh, or no. five. No, I have things to do. Yeah, yeah you yes, must yes. accomplish the golf and yeah. then move on. Yes, yeah. Okay, yeah, so yeah, that yeah, says yeah. a lot about his personality. Uh, yeah, they're very, they're all very different. The president. Yes, they are, and, and you can tell a lot about a person by how they play golf. Oh, okay. Well, that's uh, good to know. I don't play golf. I play. I play um, putt putt, and I, and I and I play it um, with lots of cursing involved and lots of um, crap talk. So, just be warned, visitors. I mean, uh, listeners, if you ever see me at a putt putt, I'm the one who's cursing and talking about your mother. And I'm sorry, 
I'm sorry now. I'm just going to say that. Yeah, cover co- cover your your children's ears. Yeah, no kidding. Um, and I love it. That's the funny thing. Um, so, but okay. So, so the pres- So that's the last ten days. So, but it's any ten days, right? Like the president, if he just ignores you for ten days, that's also a pocket veto, right? It's not just the end of a session, end or is the, it just the, the end of just the, the end of the session? Okay, so he can't ignore you for the other time. The uh, other time, he has to make a decision. That's right. And and by the way, uh, and uh, I'm not the, entirely certain people know how long sessions last. Can we? Oh, uh, a, uh, a congressional session basically lasts two years. <laughs> so saying. I'm going to wait till the last 10 days of the session to get to, to actually pass a bill. Okay, That's I'm, pretty hardcore putting things off till the end. Oh, well, if you wait for two well, years. Well, but it's Congress, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. How many times have we had a proposed government shutdown here in the, what, the last you know, 20 years? And it's all because they've waited to the last possible moment to pass a budget, right? I mean, this this, this has pretty much become standard <laughs> behavior. As I joke with my students, you guys ought, ought not to criticize Congress. You ought to, you know, revel in Congress because they kind of sort of act like you guys do, <laughs> right? You know, let, let's not throw, you know, stones here. Cause, right. We're standing yeah. in big glass houses. <laughs> this is right. Okay. Okay. So, so it goes to the president, right? Now, before, before these bills even get voted on in either house, most presidential administrations will be pretty public in whether or not they're going to veto or accept a bill. Oh, if you send that to me, I'm going to. Yeah. I'm not going to sign it. I'm yeah. going to. I'm going to veto yeah, it. Right. And then you can do it anyway. Sure. And then the president then okay vetoes we're, it. Yeah. We're, well, no. I mean, well, well please tell me he has a big giant stamp like they do in in Schoolhouse Rock. <laughs> no. Oh, no. You're killing me. <laughs> no. There, there's there's just a, a a form that basically says you know. Really? Yeah. There's a form. There's, there's a, form. a form for the re- paper yes. re- reduction yes. act. Yes. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yes, it's a form. Okay, that's hilarious. Yes. Okay, so those forms... I mean, forms you know, in the, in the standard bureaucratic tradition... <laughs> it's probably of, in triplicate. Okay, of, mod, of modern governance. Okay, it's a form. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Okay, it's not a stamp. Uh, okay. Um, I hate to say me, that. You kill yeah. me with these things. <laughs> well, you know, it, you know, it's part it's of It's part of your charm. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> Okay, so he vetoes because he doesn't like this, but he's told people ahead yeah. probably that he's going to veto. Let, let's talk about the reasons for veto. And this has been a, a, a pretty significant change uh, in the history of our country. Um, and that is early presidents like Washington, Adams, Jefferson, um, they typically would only veto legislation if they thought it was unconstitutional. You don't start seeing presidents until Andrew Jackson in the 1820s, uh, in the late 1820s. But more modern presidents and presidential scholars usually date the modern presidency to Teddy Roosevelt at the turn of the 20th century. It's only when you get modern presidents that they began to veto legislation, you know, bills that were passed by Congress for policy reasons. So understand the distinction here. Our early presidents thought the veto power could only be used for constitutional issues, as in a proposed bill passed by the Congress would more than likely be deemed by the courts as unconstitutional. So Washington signed legislation that he didn't like 
for policy reasons, but he was just like, well, it's going it, to, it's constitutional, and I whether I like it or not is irrelevant. It's modern. Well, a lot of them were involved in writing the Constitution or had some yeah, hand yeah, in it. Yeah. So they would know, yeah. like, well, okay, that's not covered. So, so I guess the will of the people. I mean, because the, cause theoretically, the Congress is the will of the people. It's the direct will of the people, right? Sure. Because it's it's representative democracy. I yeah. send you there to make sure my interests are covered um, and my interests are met, right? So yeah. that's the whole point of that. So I can see where a president might say, unless, well, this is an elected representative yeah, and these so are unless, the people. I yeah, mean, so unless is, it violates yeah. the Constitution, um, who am I to go ahead and tell the people's uh, representatives um that this is bad policy, but that, but that changed in the in the 20th century, uh, primarily, um, and you see this now all the time. Um, um, so, uh, in the first part of this particular podcast of, I'm just a bill, um, and I don't know why I changed my uh, voice for that, but nevertheless, <laughs> it, it sounded funny at least in my head. Um, you know, we talked about how the House of Representatives earlier this week uh, passed a gun control uh, uh, bill. It's a waiting period bill, right? That's the one that you're talking yeah, yeah, about. This sort of extends the waiting period, period from three to ten days. Yeah, um, and it also requires um, it, it regulates um, sellers' responsibilities in regards to doing um, background checks. Okay. Um, you so, can't just wait. And then yeah. say, sure, it's fine. You're, yeah. You you seem yeah. sane to me. Yeah. Um, um, and there are a whole bunch of exceptions enough. in regards okay. to transferring uh, uh, guns to family, friends, et cetera. But, but, but the president the, has already said, said he's, he's going to veto it. Okay. Okay. Um, almost nobody I know who teaches constitutional law thinks that that bill is unconstitutional. If Trump vetoes it. So let's just say it does get through the Senate that's controlled by the Republicans. Oh, my gosh. Okay. And then the committee to join things up and then the whole yeah, and then yeah. back again. Oh, my okay. goodness. Yes. Let's say that all Months that, from now. Or years. <laughs> okay. It gets to the president. Here's, you know, here's the big difference. Now you have presidents who are saying, I'm going to veto, you know, I'm going to veto this because I don't like the policy. Um, and, and again, that's a significant change um, in regards to... How do we view the presidential veto? Now, the process doesn't stop there. And this is always one of my complaints about the Schoolhouse Rock video, right? You know, it basically suggests that either the president vetoes it or signs it, and then boom, we're done. But remember, in the Constitution... So he whips out his magical non-stamp piece of paper and yes. writes no, no on it, and then XOXO, Donald Trump. Right? <laughs> yeah, hugs and kisses. <laughs> And now, then, that actually would be funny. I would like to see that in the uh, presidential papers. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny, too. XOXO. With a little heart underneath. Or, you know, <laughs> just oh some my gosh. Like, it, like, it's, like it's been written by a, you know, a 13-year-old lovesick girl. Um, I'm sorry. That was, that was terrible. Well, no, or, or, or a 13-year-old lovesick like boy. boy. I'd go either way with that. That's, or how, how about let's not be generous here. Exactly. <laughs> let's not be generous. Um, used by everyone. But anyway, so that veto goes back to the Congress. Senate. Which, which house? Who gets the veto? 
Who who gets that delivery? Okay, well, I mean, I mean, uh, who's sitting in their office okay, and it, somebody brings in a piece of paper from the president that okay. says? Okay, so in, no. in in the case of the Paperwork Reduction Act, as uh, you pointed out in the uh, first part of this uh, podcast, uh, this was a bill that originated in the Senate, so it would go to the Senate first. Okay, okay. I mean, first, obviously, yeah. it would go to CNN, and then yes, or, or the news people <laughs> who are standing around, right, right, not just CNN, but all of the news people, are yeah. saying, and then they would go over for comment, and that's how somebody would find out, probably. Okay. Um, but, but anyway, it, it would go to the, the House of Congress where the bill originated. OK, so at that point, then um, uh, uh, the United States Congress um, can override the president's veto. It, it requires a two thirds vote of both houses of Congress to give you uh, an example of uh, legislation uh, where the Congress overrode a presidential veto. Uh, the War Powers Act. Uh, the War Powers Act was passed, I believe, in 1973 or four, uh, by the Congress. That after LB, uh, President Johnson and President Nixon, you know, <laughs> lying and getting us into the Vietnam War, the United States Congress was just like, you know, we might uh, want to have greater oversight <laughs> that over. That seems President's a bad thing. thing. Yeah, right. Okay. We, we we should have greater oversight. So the War Powers Act basically requires that a president, if uh, they send U.S. troops uh, overseas uh, to engage in hostilities, the the president has to uh, report to the United States Congress within a period of time. Um, and uh, then Congress had would, would have the authority of uh, of like ending um you know, what the president the, did. The interaction. Yeah. They can okay. say, bring them home. Bring them home, right? Now, or move them somewhere else or whatever, yeah. whatever the, so the simplest thing to do. Is. The Congress passed the War Powers Act during the Nixon administration. Oh, I can't imagine that President Nixon enjoyed that very much. So he vetoed it. <laughs> and the not, United, not surprising. I mean, yeah, not yes, surprising so, because yeah. the president would not want to give up power. Yeah, no. I mean, uh, yeah, who, no, who does that ever? Yeah. What, Whoever what, says, yes. oh, no, you know what? I'm tired of being in charge. You take this part. Go ahead. Yes. That's okay. very few people. And, and even if it wasn't dealing with a specific war, most of those presidents are like, you know, I'm going to leave this office with more power than when I came in. <laughs> right. They, they all think that. Right. So he vetoes for a variety of reasons, <laughs> reasons, which we can discuss at another time. To, yeah. So he vetoes it, and the United States Congress overrode his veto. Um, but that's pretty rare, isn't oh, it? Because you'd extremely. have to get. Oh, I mean, basically, the stars have to align, and all, and all yes. the things have to be perfect in order for you to get two thirds of majority in each house. house yes. To yes. override the president. Which tells you how strongly the United States Congress felt in the early 70s. I guess so. <laughs> I guess. Well, and but then again, we also, people talk about divisiveness at this time. But that's because a lot of the people who are talking about that were not alive slash involved in the divisiveness of oh, the Vietnam errors. era. Oh, my goodness. Where people were, I mean... Protesting in the street in ways that that now just would not even be heard of. Yeah, I mean a lot of um, a lot of that. It's funny to me that people say, "Oh, it's we're so divisive." I'm like, you know, there have been other times in history where we have been incredibly divided as a country, as a nation, about what we should do and which direction we should go in. That's part of you know, I re- part you know, of I, being I, yeah, a nation. I, yeah, I remind my students, you know, 
hello guys, the Civil War. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, and then you do have the whole we just decided to kill each other, which yeah, okay. is which is pretty extreme. extreme. Okay, but I mean, even early on after the Constitution got ratified, almost immediately, uh, the Federalist Party and the Democratic Republican, then it evolved into the Democratic Party. Um, you know, they couldn't stand one another. And, and by the way, their personal attacks. Um, uh, Didn't that get people shot? People got shot, Alexander Hamilton. Um, but the level of personal attack. I mean, if you guys think that, you know, Trump's bad, he's a choir boy compared to some of the stuff that they said in the late 1700s, early 1800s, right? And I'm not saying that we should go back to yeah, that. Yeah, not a good thing. We're not advocating that. No, no. This podcast is not advocating being nasty to other people. people. Or violence, right? right. No more duels. No, no, no. Let's okay. not do that. Okay. Well, and let's not set things on fire. Let's <laughs> let's let's try to be a little more civilized than that if we can, just because you know. Yeah, I mean uh, that seems uh, awfully uh, destructive uh, and dangerous. You know, there's something to be said for you know somebody who says I don't like your policy, but hey, let's you know go get a beer or let's get a cup of coffee or let's share a meal, right? right? I mean, because you know, hey, versus chance- I'm going to flip over your car and set it on fire, <laughs> fire yeah. which it seems. <laughs> A little extreme to me. Although, you know, emotions, tensions run high, I understand. Sure. I mean... Um, I mean, hence the whole thing in the Senate with the beating the guy with a cane, right? Like, uh, emotional things can happen. What was that? I think somebody said something about somebody's wife. I mean, it really is... Yeah, they can... Wow, come on now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Um, but... but, That's why you shouldn't bring personality into politics in that way. And... But... So... I, I think the, my larger takeaway for this discussion um, is um, you, have a, you have a law, the Paperwork Reduction Act, which on its face, many of you all <laughs> might be like, they actually passed a bill on that. Yes, they did. Okay. Um, yeah, they passed bills on all kinds of stuff, stuff. that you think, really? Yeah, That's okay. the thing? And it's, it's a pretty deliberative process. Um, and... And for some of these bills, you're like, they probably shouldn't have spent all that. <laughs> <laughs> all that time and effort. For time and effort, okay, et cetera. But, you know, this is a process designed to go ahead and make sure that, you know, again, something that has the force of law, which is binding on us, theoretically, on all of us. Right, on all 336 million <laughs> of us, okay. should be discussed. That's... Yeah, it should be discussed. Um um, I agree. It, you know, the, 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 the process, again, is, is not efficient. If it's going to work, it's going to require, um, um, you know, kind of sort of, you know, soft behavioral norms to actually work um, uh, because the, the structure is set up so that the government has the power to act. But to act, they're going to have to jump through some hoops, um, significant hoops. Um, We don't want a coup d'etat. We don't want them to be able to just act in fiat fashion without any regard to what the will of the people is or or what the sort of previous rule of law is. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is, yes, this act is innocuous, but a lot of them aren't. Sure. A lot of them lead to death. A lot of them lead to destruction. I mean, like when we when we decide to go to war. That's something we should talk about. Sure. When we decide to to 
you know, change how we do huge things in this country, like how we do immigration. That's something we should talk about and something we should explore because it's going to affect millions and millions of people. We're creating a government benefit. We're basically picking winners and losers. Some people are going to get the benefit and other people aren't going to get the benefit. You know, we should probably go ahead and talk about that, right? You know, uh, we create a a student loan program so, you know, uh, high school kids can go to college. Well, you know, if we didn't have it, does that mean, you know, millions of, you know, talented high school students don't get to go to college? Well, and what does that mean for the economy? economy? What does yeah, that yeah. mean for our future, future politics? politics? I mean, okay. that we need an educated policy, po- uh, populace. Yeah. We need all of those things for a variety of reasons. So I, I think that that's an excellent point to end on, that, that we have that it is an adversarial process for a reason. Yeah. And that reason is to slow us down and make sure that we're doing as as much as we can, we're doing the right thing. Yeah. And then when we don't do the right thing, we can fix it. Sure. Yep. We can come back with another amendment and, <laughs> and change it or fix it or whatever. Yes. Um, and, and by the way, uh, the, the, the law that uh, uh, we picked, the Paperwork Reduction Act, uh, and I mentioned this in the uh, first part of this podcast is actually uh, the subject of a really humorous West Wing episode. So you ought to take a look at it because it's actually pretty funny. Okay, it, it's um, we'll put a link to that, or yeah. we'll put a well, sorry, we'll put the name of the episode yes. in the um, on the research guide so that if you want to go research yeah. that, and we'll also. Um, give you all the information about seeing the two versions of Schoolhouse Rock (laughs) so that people can follow up on that if they want to do that. So thank you so much. Oh, I enjoyed it. And uh, we'll talk again. You've been listening to Civil Discourse, brought to you by VCU Libraries. Opinions expressed are solely the speaker's own and do not reflect the views or opinions of VCU or VCU Libraries. Special thanks to the Workshop for Technical Assistance. Music by Isaac Hobson. Find more information at guides.library.vcu.edu discourse. As always, no documents were harmed in the making of this podcast.